the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. Yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. This is the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer. The Word of God is full of life-changing power. So our prayer is that this broadcast equips you to live a life so big that it impacts everyone and everything around you. Remember to hit the notification bell on YouTube to get this teaching and worship with us live each week. Let's join Bishop Greer. 1 Peter 5 and 1. He begins the elders, or it could be to the elders. The Hebrew term elders comes from the Hebrew term beard. It speaks of the wisdom and the maturity that we should gain with age. But how many of you notice I said should? Yeah. The word elder should not be confused with elderly. It just means someone with a full beard, not necessarily a gray beard. Age alone does not make you wise. Your choices do. Your choices do. Your choices do. Growing old is just a function of time. But growing up is always optional. To the elders. In Jewish culture, the term elders was used to recognize authority figures. Israel's eldership was first established in Egypt. If you remember, Moses heard from God on Sinai and went back to the elders to share what they had said with him. Moses embraced this concept and for uh, millennia really, uh, there was a Jewish eldership that was a major part of the nation. And then by the New Testament time, the apostles transferred this concept to the church because a good system always shortens the role to the goal. And structure and organization is necessary if we're going to accomplish anything. I want you to imagine 12 football players saying, well, I'm gifted and I'm talented and I'm just going to get out on the field, but there's no planning, there, there's no one calling the plays, there's, there's no or- organization, everybody just did what they wanted to do. I don't care how talented that team was, they would never win a game. And we have many talented, very, very, very wise and powerful, strong, smart people in the church. But unless we link up, unite, and become part of a single plan, we're not going to be able to move the ball forward. 
So I thank God for those of you that say you love Jesus but don't attend church. But let me tell you something. That's going to have an impact in the long run. Because it's only as we bring our gifts together that we can reach the lost and pack the community and do all the things we're doing. It takes all of us together. As great as some of our great running backs are without the linemen. As great as and as fast as some of the wide receivers are without the quarterback. It takes all of us to move the ball. The elders who are among you, watch this, I exhort you. If given a choice, it's better to exhort, to encourage, than to command. People are often puzzled by my leadership style because they're from other places that go about things different ways. But I have learned in my life to try to respect other people's intellect by investing more time in the why than in the what. Because if people get the why, the what comes so, so much easier. Matter of fact, even in our our, our parenting, if the reason for the rule in your house is just because you said so, they're going to quickly grow out of that. There has to, you know, a lot of things I taught my children as young men, it wasn't what, it was why. Why you might want to wait till you're married. Got quiet. (laughs) Why you didn't want to come home smelling like reefer? It wasn't just what daddy's rules. It it was, man, it's dangerous out there. And and most things after 12 o'clock ain't things you don't need to be involved in. I don't know. I just went somewhere for no reason. That wasn't in the last service. But yeah, I gave them some latitude and and they made mistakes like kids do. But all the time, teachable lesson, teachable lesson, teachable lesson. I would teach them the why. Why? Because at some point, I was going to no longer be bigger than them. At some point, I was no longer going to be stronger than them. At some point, I'm no longer going to be paying their bills. At some point, they're not going to need my permission. So I trained my kids to live without me. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes, so it wasn't about control. I'm staying here for some reason. It wasn't about control. The only person I'm trying to control is me. Yes. It was about helping them understand the why of wisdom. Yes. And if they understood the why, they would make good and better choices. Then Peter goes on, I who am a fellow elder. Peter was the great apostle. But I want you to notice he did not speak down to others. Instead, he came alongside them as what? A fellow elder to lift them up. Peter's humility, though, came from his many mistakes. We have more recorded mistakes from Peter than any of the other 12 apostles. And what's, 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 what's awesome about what God did with him is Peter would make the mistake But then Jesus would come along and help him forget the mistake. But listen, remember the lesson and keep moving forward. This is what you want to do in life. Forget the mistake, remember the lesson, and keep moving forward. Pay attention. Forget the mistake, remember the lesson, and keep moving forward. Remember Peter denied the Lord three times? 
But when, after the resurrection, Jesus came to Peter and asked him three times, how much do you love me? He gave him three chances to say he loved him to compensate for the three times he denied him. So I want you to say with me, forget the mistake, remember the lesson, and keep moving forward. Forget the mistake, remember the lesson, and keep moving forward. A fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. Peter did not neglect, he didn't shy away from, he didn't pretend he did not have apostolic authority. He did not neglect his special place in history, but neither did he parade it. Class is when you got it, but you don't feel like you got a flaw in it. Peter had some class about him and he was the lead of the 12 apostles. I mean, the singular figure that preached and 3,000 got saved on the day of Pentecost. But despite his accomplishments and positions, we find him coming along as a fellow elder. And what we're going to do, because we'll be here to about three o'clock if I don't, we're going to skip the next three verses and we're going to move to verse five. And all those verses are important and I'll cover them another time, but let's get to five. Likewise, you younger people, Peter spent several verses instructing the leadership on how to conduct themselves. And I know that we know everything, but when you get in a leadership position, you got to learn how to conduct yourself. But after talking about how the leadership should conduct himself, he then began to speak to younger believers who were having a problem taking direction. How many of you other than me at times have problems taking directions? Yeah, thank you. The first service was not honest, man. I had to pull for some hands to be raised. Someone said, I have no need for Google. I parent teens who already know it at all. Yeah, humility keeps us teachable. The age you stop learning is the age you stop growing. You stop maturing. And I look at 50-year-old people that stop growing at 32. I know some 32-year-old people that, that stop growing at, at 15. And the, the age you think you got it down, the, the, the age you think you know it and got it mastered, is the age you stop developing. Never stop becoming a better you. Likewise, just like I was speaking to the elders, he's saying, now I'm speaking to you, young people. And then he uses this five-letter word, six-letter word, a word we don't like, submit. (laughs) Submission is simply the ability to put aside your agenda, to put aside your hurts, your history, your preferences, your aspirations. For a larger purpose. You know, I'm sure that our military has some bad apples. I mean, anything where you got humans, you're going to have problems. But to disregard authority in the military would undermine the entire system. And Paul says to Timothy at some point, endure hardness as a what? Good soldier. 
So what happens in a military setting, God expects at times to happen in a church or God's people setting. And here's the deal. Sometimes you will not be able to respect the person, but you must learn to respect the office for the greater good. Yeah, I know. It was like that in the first service. Likewise, you younger people, arrange yourself, order yourselves, submit yourselves to your elders. Now, there's some safety rails on this concept of submission. This is not mindless obedience. Scripture is always our ultimate authority. The apostles themselves were taken before the Sanhedrin, the the elders of Israel, and they told them to speak no more in this name. But then Peter looked them in the eye and said, well, is it better to obey man than God? And when when, when someone's uh, uh, perspective or orders go against the the, the teachings of Scripture, you got to make a hard decision. And in those moments, of course, you always follow what God's Word says. But it says, likewise, you younger people submit yourselves, something you got to do. No one can make you do it. Like the, the example last week, the mother that sent the child to the corner. And the little boy was mouthing off all day. The little boy was in the corner. And then after a while, after sitting in the corner, like the mama said, he finally uh, uh, said, well, uh, said, well, well, mama, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. Why? That was obedience, not submission. No, no, no. You, see, see, see. You can obey outwardly and not be submitted. That boy was in the corner obeying his mother, but not submitted. And there are sometimes you do things for God, the right thing, but in your heart, you can be far away. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Now, this will help you. Look for the advice of people who still have a twinkle in their wrinkle. Because you will never have a sweet life following bitter people. So pay attention to the churches you attend, the elders you submit to. I told you you wouldn't like me today, but, you know, I'm doing my job. There is no fool like an old fool except a young fool. I covered it all. And then he gets emphatic. Yes, I meant what I said. I didn't stutter. Yes, all of you. He started out addressing the elders. Then he went to the younger. Now he addresses everyone, all of you, all y'all. That's what the Bible said. Be submissive, elders, young Everybody, be submissive to one another, not just, again, older to younger, but husbands, wives, parents, children, ministry leaders, and serve team members. We must all learn to be agreeable. Getting along with others is one of the most needed skills in the world today. 
And one of the best ways to get along with others is not expecting them to be just like you. Be, continue to be, it's an attitude. He's dealing with the argumentative, the person that always has to have it their way. You're not going to have friends very long unless you learn to, to get along with others, even when you might disagree. Be submissive, not just to Peter, not just to the elders, but to one another. And watch this. And be clothed with humility. At the time Peter wrote this, everything was reflected in people's clothing. Whether you were high or low, rich or poor, old, young, master or slave, class was expressed in the color of the dye that was in your garments. It was expressed in the embroidery you had in the corners of the garment or the lack of it. It was expressed in whether or not you wore shoes, the style of your hair, or whether you had gold in your braids or, 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 or silver, or, or whether you just wrapped it up, on and on. But Peter understood clothes would not change the world, but the people who wore the clothes would change the world. So he said, be clothed. We pay a lot of attention to, to clothes. But he says, listen, if you're going to pay attention to one thing, be clothed with what? Humility. I know the world is changing and everything, but as crazy as things have gotten, we still don't leave the house butt naked, right? You can still get arrested for that. You can't get arrested for a lot of things, but you still get arrested for that. And just as clothing was the first thing that people saw in someone, Peter wants humility to be the first thing people see in us. And in effect, just like you would not leave your home without your britches on, he's saying, don't leave home without this. So make sure underneath the makeup, underneath the jackets, underneath the the clothing you wear is some solid humility. Peter's preaching good, but no one in the church is saying amen. (laughs) Humility is often our willingness to learn despite how much we already know. And I want to be a 90-year-old man that's still teachable, trainable, trainable, still growing and learning and stretching in the things of God. Then he goes on and says, for or because. And what Peter's about to do, he said what, but now he's going to dig into the why of submission. For God resists the proud. The last thing you want is to face opposition and then find out that God has lined up with your enemies. How many of you thought you were fighting a person? Thought you were fighting a situation? But only over time you realize actually you really were fighting with God. Proverbs 11.2 says, when pride comes, then comes shame. 
Every move we make away from God ends up in embarrassment. Every move our nation makes away from God ends up in embarrassment. Every step the, the, the nuclear family moves away from God ends up in embarrassment. Every step we individually take away from God always ends up in shame, embarrassment, and the like. For Peter says here, by the authority that was vested in him as Christ's lead apostle, for God himself resists the proud. Why does Peter go here and start talking about pride in the midst of submission? Because he understands that the chief thing that keeps us from getting along with each other is one word, pride. It's funny how relationships can last years, but in less than a minute be destroyed because someone would not swallow their pride. God himself, not an angel. It's not the person on your job. It's not your spouse. Not even your child. God resists the proud. It's okay to sometimes have to lose your pride over someone you love. But it's never okay to lose someone you love over your pride. But what I want you to understand, Peter is not talking about healthy pride here. You know, it's healthy to find satisfaction in a job well done. It's healthy to be proud of your family. It's healthy to be proud of the greatness and the goodness of our God. But the type of pride he's speaking of here is the pride that stems from our undue self-focus, our undue self-importance, our undue self-righteousness, our undue conceit. Peter is saying to all of us, he's like, guys, I learned this lesson. Let me tell you so you don't have to learn it too. If you let your head get too big, it will eventually break your neck. (laughs) Never let your pride get bigger than your relationships. But God gives grace. How many of us can use a little bit more grace in our lives? More grace to handle life. Husband, wife, old age, youth, grace to handle singleness, grace to handle the kids, grace to handle money. But God gives grace. Grace is a gift, but to give grace is, makes it emphatic. He's saying this is a gift by definition that cannot be earned. But though grace cannot be earned, Peter is teaching us 
that grace, at least more grace, must be qualified for. Your humility level will either qualify or disqualify you from receiving more of the thing you need most, the grace of God. That's why Jesus said, if you don't forgive, you will not be forgiven. You're disqualified. Your unforgiveness disqualifies you from receiving the help, the mercy, and grace that could be yours. Because in order for God to continue to give you more unmerited, undeserved favor, you got to be in a position to give that same type of favor to others. I've explained this in the past, and you perhaps heard others say this. The reason the Dead Sea is dead is because the Jordan River originally flowed into it, but doesn't flow out of it. Everything goes into the Dead Sea, but nothing comes out of it, so it dies. So if God shows me grace, but I don't show you grace. Jesus came that we might have life. It's living to forgive. It's living to let go. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. And you, you think it's hard hearing it. It's hard preaching. It's like, I got to live up to this. And family's listening too. They're going to hold me to this. But God gives grace to whom? The humble. So if you have not found grace for what you're facing, could it be that God's dealing with your pride? This has been Live Big with Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. Join us next time as we continue this teaching. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live a life bigger than yourself today. If you want to know more about becoming a Christian or want to rededicate your life to Christ, Bishop Greer wants to walk you through a step-by-step guide. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. Visit gracechurchva.org salvation to find out more. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at Grace Church VA TV. And while you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's all for today. Until next time, live big. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.